Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Koi, and this is the story of how over the course of 51 days in 2017, a small neighborhood in Tampa, Florida, was terrorized by a serial killer. Benjamin Mitchell spent most of his life growing up in Nevada. His cousins lived in Tampa, so he spent a lot of time during the summer in Tampa, Florida. He moved to Tampa to live with his aunt and uncle right before the start of his 10th grade year. The whole reason he moved to Tampa was because he didn't have any family members his age in Nevada, so his parents thought that it would be helpful for him to live with his cousin who was really close with him. After high school, he attended Hillsborough Community College He valued his privacy, he didn't talk much about his dating life with anyone, and he didn't mess with anyone. Even though he kept quiet about his life, he was an aspiring rapper who played gigs in Ybor City with his best friend. On October 9th, 2017, 22-year-old Benjamin Mitchell was waiting on a bus at the bus stop in Seminole Heights on North 15th Street and East Frierson Avenue. Mitchell lived only a block away from the bus stop and he was on his way to visit his girlfriend when he was shot four times and killed. At the time, the investigators were stumped. The majority of murders seemed to be from domestic relationships, drug deals, or robberies. And this one just didn't seem to fit in any of those categories, and it seemed to be completely random. Monica Hoffa was born in 1985. She graduated high school in 2003 and studied at Valencia College. She was fluent in Spanish and sign language. She was described as a loving person. In fact, she had her own personal catchphrase that she always told members of her family when she would say, you know I love you, right? Her family described her as having this smile that would light up the whole room. She loved the beach, writing poetry, and drawing. On Wednesday, October 11th, 2017, Monica was walking to her friend's house, but she never arrived at her friend's, and she was never heard from again. Around 8.45 p.m., police responded to the area of North 11th Street and East Orleans Avenue in Seminole Heights after receiving calls about people hearing gunshots in the area, but they weren't able to locate anyone at the time. Just a few days later, on the morning of October 13th, a landscaping crew was getting ready to mow a field that was overgrown around the 1,000 block of East New Orleans Avenue. The crew located a deceased female's body. She was later identified by police as 32-year-old Monica Hoffa. Monica and Benjamin's bodies were found within just a half a mile of each other. Investigators believed that they were connected, and they were soon able to confirm with ballistic evidence, showing that the bullets from both murders came from the same handgun. 
Tampa Police Department released a grainy video from our surveillance camera in the neighborhood. Because, you know, every surveillance camera is going to be a grainy video. The video showed a tall, slender person wearing a dark hoodie and dark pants. A witness in the neighborhood believed that they saw the suspect from the video. They described the suspect as an African-American male about six feet tall. Tampa Police Department urged citizens not to walk alone at night, and they increased their presence in Seminole Heights. They had officers in the area patrolling the neighborhood. On October 19th, around 7.57 p.m., the officers heard gunshots coming from 15th Avenue. They quickly responded to the area and located 22-year-old Anthony Mayaboa, deceased, and there were no suspects around. Now, all of the deaths of these victims are heartbreaking, but Anthony's is especially heartbreaking. Anthony was autistic and diagnosed with ADHD. He was working at a job that was helping package supplies to send to hurricane victims in Puerto Rico at the time. He was only in Seminole Heights because he accidentally got on the wrong bus to go home after work. Anthony was shot and killed as he was walking to the next bus stop, and the exact spot he was killed was right in front of Benjamin Mitchell's house. Despite his medical conditions, Anthony graduated high school in 2016, receiving a high school diploma. He was described as a symbol of determination. As Halloween approached, Tampa police flooded the Seminole Heights area. They had over 50 officers, including uniformed officers, plainclothes, officers on horseback in the neighborhood to provide extra security for trick-or-treaters. And to me, this almost seems like a scene out of a horror movie. But even with the added security, the majority of the neighborhood skipped trick-or-treating that year. A few weeks after Halloween, on November 14th, 60-year-old Ronald Felton was walking to New Seasons Church to meet the pastor to volunteer at the food bank. Ronald always arrived at the food bank early. He never wanted families to have to wait on him to pass out food. He wanted to be there to wait on them. When the killing started happening in Seminole Heights, he started showing up even earlier to make sure that no one was waiting alone. At 4.15 in the morning, Ronald walked across the street from the food pantry to call his twin brother. As he was walking back across the street to the food pantry, he was shot and killed from behind, likely never even seeing his killer. On November 15th, a $110,000 reward was issued for information leading to the killer's arrest. Delonda Walker was a manager at a McDonald's in Ybor City. And on November 28th, one of her employees, 24-year-old Howell Donaldson III, came to her and said that he was leaving town, but he needed to get a cash advance. Donaldson said that he was going to go to an Amscot location that was nearby to get the money. Donaldson then handed Delonda a McDonald's salad bag, and he asked her to hold on to it to put it in her purse and that he would tell her what to do with it at a later time. Then he asked her 
to promise him that she would not look in the bag. There was a Tampa police officer in the parking lot of McDonald's when Donaldson handed the bag over. Alright, my goal is to make this a pretty fast ad. A couple years ago, I wrote a book called One Moment. It's about a guy named Micah. He never planned to return to his hometown in Florida, but things don't always go as planned. While he's back home, he's dealing with the mental, physical, and emotional impact of being in a war. He then meets Sarah, and she is escaping an abusive marriage. The two have an undeniable bond, and a relationship begins. When the abusive ex finds out about this new relationship, he gets involved in their lives. While this puts a strain on the relationship, it's only the beginning, because dark secrets start to come out. And the truth is, maybe you never really know anyone. There are a few ways that you can get this book if you're interested. The Amazon link is in the show notes if you just want the book. Or you can join my Patreon community for $5 a month. You'll get two extra true crime episodes, a copy of One Moment, and a few other perks. That link is also in the show notes or on my social media pages. Anyways, hopefully this ad was fast enough. And thank you for listening. Back to the episode. Delanda had a horrible feeling about this situation. Now, imagine this. Ybor City, and where this McDonald's was, Seminole Heights, where all these murderers were, were just a few minutes down the road, and everybody in the area knew about what was going on. And then a guy hands her a bag, says he's going out of town, and is asking her to promise not to look in the bag. Now, there just happened to be a Tampa police officer in the parking lot of the McDonald's. As soon as Donaldson left, she took the bag to the police officer to check what was inside. And it was a gun. The officer called for backup and then waited for Donaldson to arrive back at the McDonald's. And once Donaldson arrived, they began talking to him and he consented to a search of his car. Inside the car, they found clothing that matched the description of the security video, and it had bloodstains on it. Donaldson was taken to the police department where detectives eventually placed him under arrest for four counts of first-degree murder, and his cell phone was collected for evidence. Later on, detectives were able to use Donaldson's cell phone location data, and they were able to verify that the phone was in the same area and same time as when the security video was taken, and it placed him in the area for each of the murders. After ballistic testing, the gun from the McDonald's bag was confirmed to be the same gun that was used in all four murders. After 51 days, of this neighborhood being terrorized, someone was arrested. While we may not have an exact reason why these killings happened, there is a little bit to understand about Donaldson. Howell Emanuel Donaldson III was born in North Carolina. 
His parents are Howell Donaldson Jr. and Rosita Donaldson. His parents moved Donaldson, his brother, and his sister to Tampa, Florida when they were young. Donaldson was described as being very well-mannered, well-spoken, and considered to be shy. In high school, he ended up bouncing around to three different high schools. He wanted to play basketball, so when one school didn't work out, he would move to another. Donaldson graduated from high school in 2011, and he moved to Queens, New York to attend St. John's University. He graduated from college in 2017, majoring in sports management and a minor in business. He moved back to Tampa, where he started working for the Ultimate Medical Academy as a customer support representative, and he was fired in May of 2017 for not showing up to work. In July, a friend of Donaldson said that they met with him, and he just didn't look like himself. He said that he was looking for a job, he had broken up with someone, and he was trying to save money and having issues with his parents. By the fall, friends said that Donaldson was at rock bottom. He was struggling to make ends meet, and he just didn't seem like he was in a good place. He then asked one friend if they knew where he could get a gun. The day after asking about the gun, Donaldson tried to get another friend to buy him a one-way ticket to Los Angeles. On October 3rd, he purchased the Glock handgun. He picked up the gun from the store on October 7th, and then just two days later, Benjamin Mitchell was killed. In October, Donaldson started working at the McDonald's in Ybor City. Donaldson was bouncing around staying between his parents' house and an ex-girlfriend's and in his car. Now, the ex-girlfriend, her name is being kept private. She told detectives that she dated Donaldson in high school and a little through college. They broke up in 2013. On November 11th, Donaldson reached out to this woman and asked if he could stay a night with her because he couldn't go home. He stayed the night then asked the woman and her mother if he could stay until November 13th, which they agreed to do so. On the night of November 13th, Donaldson went to bed early. In the middle of the night, the dogs began barking. And when the ex-girlfriend's mother woke up, she realized that the back door was unlocked. She assumed that Donaldson left the house, so she locked the door back. Around 5 a.m., which would be November 14th now, the mother was woken up again by the doorbell ringing. It was Donaldson. When the mother opened the door and questioned why he was out, he said that he thought that he had to go into work, but when he got there, he realized that he wasn't supposed to be working that day. And that was the same morning that Ronald Felton was killed. His sister even reached out to the ex-girlfriend, asking if Donaldson was with her and saying that Donaldson had been acting strange. Donaldson was saying that he was having issues with his parents and that he couldn't go home, but he never told anyone what was actually going on with them. His sister didn't even know about it, and she was worried about Donaldson because she had just had a baby and Donaldson didn't reach out to her to come see the baby, which she thought was really odd for him. And that's really all we know about him right now. He seemed like a nice and quiet guy, and then started showing these strange behaviors. Whenever detectives searched Donaldson's phone, his search history 
also showed a little bit. He searched the terms Seminole Heights Killer and Seminole Heights multiple times between October 27th and November 14th. He also visited the Tampa Police Department's Facebook page and was looking at any posts that were related to the Seminole Heights murders. Before Donaldson was arrested, he had no other criminal history. Donaldson has pled not guilty on all charges. He was evaluated by a psychiatrist and he was deemed fit to stand trial. His trial was originally set for August of 2020, but like everything else in the world around that time, it was postponed. As the court case began unraveling, Donaldson's defense attorney filed a motion requesting that each murder be tried as a separate trial. The judge granted the motion, so as of now, in August of 2022, a trial date has not been set for the first of the four murder trials. And this is going to bring us to a conclusion of this episode of Crime Nerds. Thank you for listening. If you're able to, follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Crime Nerds Podcast. And stay tuned for after the outro music. Welcome to The Debrief, and thank you for sticking around. Today's amazing criminal story comes from Alabama. In June of 2022, Hoax Bluff Police Department started receiving some calls from people in a neighborhood. They were concerned about a suspicious guy walking around backyards trying to steal items such as lawnmowers and leaf blowers. The suspicious man was confronted by residents, and he ran to the, I believe it's pronounced Cusa or Cosa River, When officers arrived, the guy tried to be a modern-day Huckleberry Finn and ride down the river. He fled on a kayak, but his kayaking skills weren't so good because he flipped the kayak and had to swim to shore. As the man swam to shore, the sheriff's office was waiting to take him into custody. The suspect told police that he was stealing items so that he could sell them and get his girlfriend's car out of impound. That's pretty romantic if you ask me all right thank you for sticking around and listening hope you all have a great day